Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. All right, come on, let's give Pastor Eric a hand. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Come on, he's the shepherd, come on, of this great place. Thank God for him. Uh, As I was listening to him uh, say that about me, I started wondering, who is he talking about? I mean, something get ready to happen, but he, he, uh, I echo those sentiments about him. He is a friend, and I like the fact he does not um, withhold those things he knows from people he knows he can help. I met a lot of people in my life who... um, uh, have things uh, and accomplish great things, and I uh, try to gather information from them only to discover they didn't want to share. Unlike that, Pastor Eric has always invited me to get to a point where I can learn and listen and be part of things, and I am forever grateful for that. His friendship, uh, his leadership, he's been like a mentor and he doesn't know it, but I'm so grateful that I could always call on him, talk to him. He is just a good guy. The world we're living in is really hard to find good people who are genuine, you know, and um, I love that about him. So again, uh, I appreciate you. I respect the anointing on your life and the man of God that you are. Give Pastor Eric another hand. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. And then uh, Pastor Rogers, just it's just so unfair that you went first. Just... Just so unfair, man. And then you talked about that food, and I'm like, oh, now that's on the brothers' minds. And pressure's on me to hurry up so they could eat. Then I, then I find myself walking all the way to the back, following the smell, and I got to the little, uh, where the man's got the links and the hot dogs. I'm like, oh, this is going to be horrible because my mind is on that now the whole time. But so I am uh, just grateful to you, uh, Pastor Rogers, to get to know you. And that was a good introduction to hear you you preach. So that's a good way to get to know a fella. Uh, Again, Pastor Albert, Albert, thank you. I'm calling you pastor, so catch that, catch that. Um, And to all these uh, wonderful men, I want you to know I always feel good every time I come here. Every single time I feel at home, I feel relaxed. So I thank God for all of you. Then the brothers that came with me from the Word family, thank you so much, brothers. I appreciate you. Thank you for your fellowship. Um, it, oh, I'm already on the clock. Okay, so let me just get into the Word. I didn't realize that clock was ticking. Now, one thing, I, I'm not going to be mad if I don't hear this. Take your time. I'm not going to be mad if you don't say that because I know <laughs> I know you, uh, you all want to get to it. Um, Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, the matchless name, the name at which every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that you are Lord. Beside you, there's no no other. Thank you for loving us the way you do. Thank you for being our protector, our provider. We even thank you for the correction because that speaks to your love for us. In Jesus' name, bless every man here, every home that's represented. Allow them to leave here with something that they can take and apply because information without application leads to frustration. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Come on, brothers, give yourselves a hand. Amen. Amen. Uh, now, this, this, this screen thing is going to be somewhat of a challenge for me. I haven't done this in uh, quite some time. I'm usually just coming from here, but I did try to assist Brother Albert as much as I can, and we've talked several times regarding this. So uh, let me do this. Let's go uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, and uh, we'll just start getting into it from there. 1 Samuel chapter 17 is where I'll be coming from. The message... Uh, this, this midday message is fight to win. Fight to win. And fight is my acronym. You want to write that down. I had this acronym last year, and since we're continuing in that theme, I figured it only appropriate to keep that acronym. To fight means I'm going to be focused intentionally. Where it says in, that should be on, but that's okay. Focus intentionally on glorifying him, that being God, through it. If I'm going to fight, 
I have to focus intentionally, not accidentally, on glorifying him being the father through it, through whatever that situation is. And so I want to share with you from this Old Testament story how we can all fight to win. We could all fight to win. Um, I was just over there prepping myself. And uh, my son Rodney has, God bless you, I thank him for, I thank God for him because he's come a long way. He's grown and I see the maturity in him. And uh, normally on a Saturday, he could be anywhere else, but he's here with his dad and I thank God for him. Amen. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so um, in prepping, I was, I was asking about this name of this football player because I wanted to make sure I got it right. Any football fans? All right, all right. I ain't going to say no teams because I don't want to start no ruckus. <laughs> just, just your fans. That's good. So anyway, I'm watching, uh, I don't know if it was 30 for 30 or what, one of these programs, and uh, they were interviewing Brandon Marshall and uh, talking about a game they lost against the Miami Dolphins. There you go, Thorpe. They lost against the Dolphins. And um, the guy interviewing him was asking him, he said, well, what happened? <laughs> you know, they were a better team, better equipped. How did you lose to the Miami Dolphins? And he said something that I thought was a powerful truth. He said, we lost before the game began. I'm like, what? He said, we lost before the game. We didn't lose. It wasn't because um, we were so much better than them. It wasn't because they was better than us, not because they had better players. He said, we lost in the locker room because the mentality was not ready for winning. See, some people compete without focusing on completing. You don't just get in a fight because it's a fight, but you ought to get in a fight to win. Thank you, Pastor Rogers. It's about you want to win the fight. It is a fight. Make no qualms about it. We are all in a fight as believers. Once you become a believer, trust me, the fighting doesn't stop. Some of us know it intensifies. And so we have to fight to win. So what I want to share, when, when, when Brandon Marshall said, I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Uh, we lost before the game started. Mentality, brothers, shapes your reality. Your mentality shapes your reality. And so I want to look at this Old Testament story found in 1 Samuel chapter 17 uh, about David. And all of you, if you spend any time in church, you know the story about David and Goliath, right? Uh, this, this little boy fights this giant. He's victorious. He has five smooth stones, slingshot, only takes one, hits him in the forehead, kills him. Um, but I think something that's overlooked in this is that people don't pay attention to... Oh, okay. All right, okay. What happens is people don't pay attention to what happens before the fight. Everybody knows what's going to happen, what David's going to do, the end result. But I really believe, brothers, as men of God, there's things we can do before the fight that'll help us be victorious in the fight. Okay. One of the things is it's not what you, it's not what happens in the battle, it's what you bring to the battle. It's what you bring to the battle that determines the outcome of the battle. Okay, uh, let's go back. And I know you all, uh, men of God, good Christian men, remember the time, uh, go back to the time where you had a fight with somebody. You know, and, you know, they sized you up, you sized them up. And you immediately, come on, let's be honest. You don't have to raise your hand, but think in your mind. They sized you up, you sized them up, and they looked stronger. Looked like they could fight. Or maybe they even talked. You know that stare down Mike Tyson used to do? regardless how big the point it was. I was watching on TV and I got afraid. I'm like, look at Mike. But the point was they were intimidated. And it's what we bring. If you bring the wrong mentality, then you're going to have a challenge when it comes to dealing with the reality of the fights in which we have to have. Now, so when we go to 1 Samuel, let me just kind of give you the context. Um, 1 Samuel, you got the nation of Israel uh, against the Philistines. They've gathered themselves to fight. Uh, they led, the nation of Israel is led by King Saul. They're on opposite sides of this valley of Elah. And the Philistines sent one man to do battle for them. That man is Goliath. Humongous, right? Huge. And he says, send one man to fight me. Less bloodshed, less problems. Goliath is ready to fight anybody 
the best of the best. Give me your best to fight me, and we'll settle this. If we win, y'all serve us. Y'all win, we serve y'all. That's, that's the story. That's the story. Well, of course, David goes, and uh, from there, of course, we know that it's what, uh, what happens in the battle that lets us know he wins, but there's some things he brings before the battle. Let me show you, and I want to talk about this, Pastor Eric, Pastor Rogers, take a different look at it. I want to talk about what happens before the fight that gives him victory in the fight. He's going to have four conversations, four different conversations with four people. Look at the screen. I want you to pay close attention because these four conversations help him conquer the giant. Four conversations, four different people. In verse 26, and we don't have to turn, I just want you to see it. He's going to have a conversation with the soldiers. That's the first conversation. Verse 29, he's going to have a conversation with Elab. That's his brother. Verse 32, he's going to have a conversation with Saul. And then verse 45, with Goliath. Pay attention to that, because these four conversations you are going to have or you may have already had before you do battle with different kinds of people in your life. Four conversations, and quite honestly, they need to be had because it shows you some things about you, some things about the the person you're going to fight. Brandon Marshall said they lost before the battle began. And, And here's this, because we focus a lot on what we're going to as opposed to going through. If you look at what you're going to, then you think that's it. It's the end. But when you focus on what you're going through, you're looking at the other side of it. Okay, let me help you. David says, yea, though I walk, not run, not skip, through the valley of the shadow of death. It's not death. It's the shadow of death. He says, I'm walking through the valley. Notice, walking is the slowest form of transportation. He says, yea, yes, I am walking through the valley, through the valley, operative word through. When you hear people say breakthrough, they forget it's breaking you through. He says, walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil. Watch this, because thou art with me. You are never alone as a child of God. Never, ever, ever are you alone as a child of God. Now watch this. You may feel lonely, but you're never alone. And someone said, and I like it, and I repeat it. I I don't think it's biblically inaccurate. Um, They said, the teacher is always quiet when it's test time. When you think God is absent, it's test time. And the teacher is, shh, no talking. Now, some of you, like me, when you were in school, you talk, and so what the teacher would do is separate you and your friend. Oh, oh y'all, in, because you're trying to get answers, right? You're trying to talk to, and, and, and so watch the teacher would do this, and I believe it's the same way God operates. Okay, I'm going to separate y'all too. And then because some of us were so cunning at getting answers, you know, sliding paper on the floor, the teacher would give, watch this, in the same class, two different tests. Sometimes God does that because he knows we rely on other people instead of relying on him. But watch this now. Let me get to, let me get, let me get to the conversations. Let me get to the first conversation because I, 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 I'm running out of time. First conversation is with the soldiers. Verse number 25, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 25. Watch this. Okay, so the men, so the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. Now, this is the conversation amongst the soldiers. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich. Watch the reward. Great riches will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's not go rush through that, brothers. Whoever wins, you're going to get money. King's daughter's. I'm pretty sure she was good looking and you're free from taxes. I want that. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Those of us who married. Okay. Let, for, for, for the sake of the sermon, you ain't married. You don't have no kids. And if you win free from taxes, just that in itself. Right. 
free from taxes, you get the king's daughter, and you're going to get riches. Watch what happens. So when David shows up in the valley, the soldiers are gathered around, and they're talking about Goliath and how big he is. Look at verse 26. This is amazing. Then David spoke to the man, the man who stood by him. Watch what he says. What shall be done? Please don't miss this. For the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? I want you to get it. Oh, boy. I got to hurry. Watch this. We're dealing with the first conversation. There's four of them. First conversation with the shoulders, soldiers. Now, these are men. Help me, pastors. David is a boy. These are grown men, military trained men, warriors, fighters, and they're shaking in their boots, having a discussion because they are fearful of fighting Goliath. Here comes this little boy. This boy shows up, and the very first thing he asks is, what's going to be given to the person that defeats him? Here's your first point. If we're going to fight to win, the first thing we must do is have a vision for victory. Oh, God. Okay. You've got to see yourself winning before you start. You've got to see yourself as victorious. The challenge with many of us, we go in with the wrong mentality. Here's a little boy talking to grown men, and he says to these men, all I want to know is what's going to be given to me when I take his head off. You've got to have the right mentality. He's already thinking victory and he hasn't even fought. If you're going to listen, if you're going to come through whatever that struggle is, whatever that challenge you're having, you've got to have a vision for victory. You've got to see yourself winning because half our battles we are defeated in our minds. I hope I can. I think I can. We'll see. I don't know. He didn't even consider the fact that he was a boy amongst men. Isn't that amazing? So, Pastor Rogers, that lets me know that somewhere in life, somebody had instilled something in David that made him feel good about himself, that gave him confidence. And men, as fathers, we ought to be instilling in our children confidence and courage, self-esteem, what they can do. I don't want to hear the word can't. I can't, can't. Here's my acronym for can't. It won't be on the screen. Can't, C-A-N-T. Certainly am not trying. You can't. You certainly am not trying. When you say, don't say can't, say can. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ. It's not me fighting, but I am fighting, but he's fighting. Come on, pastor. It's him fighting for me. So you got to have a vision for victory. That's, that's the first thing. He, he sees this. He doesn't see the battle something I'm going to. He sees there's something I'm going through. Come on, can't God just take you through some things? Come on, he took the children of Israel. Come on, he took them through the wilderness. He took Moses and he took children of Israel through the Red Sea, through the wilderness, to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, through that burning fiery furnace. Took Jesus from the grave. There's nothing you go to God can't bring you through. I need you to, to believe that for yourself. There's nothing I go to God can't bring me through. Nothing, absolutely nothing. If he brings you to it, he's going to bring you through it. And you won't always understand it. You won't always like it. The Red Sea, and I think we become so familiar with the Bible that we, we, it, it loses its power with us because we know the stories. We become too familiar with it. Imagine standing before a Red Sea. A sea. See, because we read it and we know it, but imagine what that felt like for them. Sometimes God leads you to a place that only he can get you out of. A red sea. Now, how are we going to get through this red sea? We got the army behind of us, mountains on both sides. How are we going to get through this red sea? Easy. He's a way maker. I'm talking to some brothers that know he's a way maker. Come on, he can make a way out of no way. First thing you got to do is have a vision for victory. Point to yourself, say, self, I've got to have a vision for victory. Here's the second conversation he has with Eliab, his brother. Verse 28, 
Now, Elab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. So his brother, watch this, heard him speaking to the men, and Elab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here? With whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? Listen to this, Pastor Rogers. I know your pride and your insolence, your deceit of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. First of all, that's a lie because ain't nobody fighting yet. <laughs> look, look at the text. Ain't no fight start yet. His brother, his brother ridiculed him, criticized him, belittled him, disrespected him. And let me say this, and pastors, you all can relate to this. Whenever God gives you a vision, the devil always sends somebody to discourage you. Whenever God gives you a vision, the devil will send somebody to discourage you, to tear you down. And in order for us to win this battle, here's number two. This is the next thing we have to do. Slide two. You have to be selective about who speaks to your spirit. You can't listen to everything and everybody. I don't care who they is. I don't care how long they've been living. I don't care how much they know. Because everybody does not have your best interests at heart. Listen to what his brother says. Why have you come down here? You come down here to see this battle. What happened to those sheep? What he doesn't know, David is there on assignment. His father sent him to see, to bring them food. And some people are ignorant of your assignment, so they draw their own conclusion. You don't know why I'm here. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know how I got here. And yet David, David says, watch this, he is not going to allow what they say to affect his spirit. Let me give you three quick reasons why, why I think it's not on screen why his brother had a problem. Number one, I think his brother had a problem because he was jealous of David. Can I help you? Chapter 16, when Samuel showed up to anoint the next king, watch this. Here we go, Pastor Eric. Eliab was the first one. Eliab was the first one that was denied that position. He shows up, and the Lord did not want him to be there. But then David, the least, was selected. Be careful, because people can be jealous of you. And they hide it by saying good things to you. Let me, let me tell you three quick reasons why people won't like you. You ready? They'll be jealous of you because of what you have, because of who you are, or because of where you're going. They'll be jealous of you because of what you have. And you say, I don't have nothing, but you may have more than them. Jealous of where you're going. You say, I'm not going nowhere, but they see in you what you don't see in you. Be careful. Okay, let me, <laughs> let me go. Uh, uh, the OJs, anybody heard of the OJs? The OJs, the three brothers. <laughs> One of my favorite songs about the OJs is, they smile in your face every time they want to take your place. Backstab this. <laughs> you know, you know, come on, only. What's the second verse say? Be careful of the handshake because behind it hides a snake. Oh, now y'all going to Google it now and go listen to it. Yeah, I got you. So, <laughs> so he was jealous. He was intimidated. His brother was intimidated by him. Not only was he jealous, he was intimidated talking about you come to see a fight. No, I came to give y'all lunch. But there really is no fight to see. But then not only that, he was ignorant of David's assignment. He, he, didn't, he didn't know why he came. He misunderstood that. So you've got to have a vision for victory. You've got to be selective who speaks in your spirit. Don't you believe everything everybody says? I've had people so many times, I've had to challenge them, Brother Renee, because they said to me, the Lord told me to tell you. <laughs> now here's the acid test how you know that's true. Because if it goes against God's word, it's not in his will. Don't you tell me God told you to tell me something and it goes against his word. His word is his will. That's why you got to know the book. You got to know his word because it's his word that brings life. Listen, listen what the Bible says. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word, my word 
forever. Brothers, please be selective. Okay, let me let me name. Be selective who speaks in your spirit. Let me give you this example. Um, before COVID, uh, I don't know where I was traveling to, to go preach somewhere. And uh, I get on a plane with a friend of mine, and he doesn't, he doesn't have to preach, but he's coming along with me. And uh, we get on a plane, and we're sitting on a plane, and behind us sits a lady with three beautiful daughters, little girls, on a plane. First time, apparently. <laughs> I'm trying to set it up. Sit directly behind us, a lady gets on a plane with three beautiful daughters, apparently flying for the first time. How do you know? The minute, <laughs> ah! Ah! friend says to me, he says, he said, he says, Doc, man, how we got? I said, how we gonna do this? I said, what you mean? You ain't got to preach. What you talking about how we're going to do this? <laughs> he said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my earbuds in. So he did. I said, I'm going to follow suit. I'm going to put my AirPods in. Oh, headphones, because I didn't have AirPods at the time. Right? <laughs> right? So we're on the plane, and it, I mean, the children are just acting a fool. Ah, ah. I'm doing my little message. He keeps looking back and looking back. Finally get off the plane. He says, Doc, how did you do that? How did you function on the plane with all that ruckus? I couldn't concentrate, and I'm watching TV. I said, well, my headphones has noise cancellation. Yeah, it was the AirPods, yeah. Because, you know, you can do that if, if, you, if those of you have them. You got transparency, normal, and then you could just block everything out. Well, I press, press the button to block everything out. Noise cancellation. I was able to function in the midst of all that chaos because I've canceled out the noise. What I'm saying, I'm talking to somebody today and that's what you need to do. You need to be deaf to discouragement. You need to be able to block out the noise because everybody's got an opinion how things should go, but you've got to listen to that which helps you. You can't listen to everybody. You've got to be selective. And who speaks to your spirit? David heard his brother, but that was the shortest conversation. Man, I, I... But then the third. Third conversation is with Saul. Verse 33. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine. Now again, the fight hasn't started. You cannot go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are a youth, and he a man from his youth. Saul tells David why he can't do, what he can't do. And let me say something to you, brothers. If the enemy can't discourage you, he'll try to scare you. Try to scare you with, you can't do it. Other people tried it and failed. You got this sickness, they had it, and that person died. You can't make good grades because that other person tried and they studied more than you. His tool to trick you with would be to scare you. And too many times we give in to that. We let the enemy scare us. We let him tell us what we can do. When we forget the word says, I'm more than a conqueror. Did you think about that? I'm more than a, not that I just conquered, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more, you're more than that. You got to understand who you are. And so when David has this conversation, he's not, he's not letting his brother get to him. He's not, he's, he's been selective. He understands that I can't let everybody speak to my spirit. You can't let everybody get in your ear. I don't care how close they are to you. Because your journey is your journey. Your fight is your fight. If you're going to win, you got to have a vision for victory. Do you see yourself winning? Do you see yourself doing better? You got health issues? Do you see yourself coming out on the other side? Because if you can see it, you can be it. And the problem with some of us, we have not been exposed to people who see themselves as victorious. 
You got to hang around people that see more than just ordinary mundane life. That's why I hang around Pastor Eric. Every time I come around him and I see what he's doing and what he's accomplished, I always say, and what I love about him, he never downplays my heart that hungers for stuff that I've seen him accomplish. He always said, oh, Pastor Johnny, you can, you need to be around people who speak to you, speak to help you, and that ain't everybody. See, boy, so much running. Nine minutes. Okay. (laughs) I know y'all hungry. I know y'all hungry. uh, uh, It's not on the screen. It's just what the Lord is saying to me. This is for somebody. This is for somebody. Here's why there's some things you need to only share with God. You love your wife, your children, your pastor. There's some things you can only share with God. Jesus teaches this in the garden, the garden at Gethsemane, just before he's being crucified. Watch what Jesus does. He takes his disciples with him. And I'm veering off a minute because the Lord wants me to say this to somebody. Um, Gets to the garden. Um, He's got 11 of his disciples with him. Judas Iscariot is gone. He's done what he's done. And when Jesus gets there, watch what he says. First thing he says when he gets to the garden is he gives directives of where people need to go. Watch what he says. You sit here. I'll go there. He's got 11. He tells eight, you sit here. How many he got left? Three. He tells the three, Peter, James, and John, they come with him. Watch what he does. Crushing is going to be an intense. Watch this. Gets to the garden. He says, you sit here. Then he tells the other three where to go, and he says, and I'll go there. Tells them where to sit because you have the right to tell people where they can be in your life. You sit here. Read it. Jesus says, you sit here. Then he tells the other three, sit here, watch, and pray. Now, why why are there some things you can only tell God? Watch this. Because everybody can't help you with your situation. They may want to. Everybody can't help you. Everybody can't hold information. Some people got what I call juicy lips. They just got to tell somebody. And then watch this. Here we go, Pastor Rogers. Some people can't handle your human moments. Those times in your life where you want to bury your soul. Jesus could not have very well told those disciples, uh, express the pain and all the hurt and anguish he was dealing with. He couldn't tell them because they needed to see him a certain way. They couldn't handle Jesus, their Lord and Savior, breaking down at this place of crushing. So watch what Jesus does. Jesus tells them where to sit and he goes further. And watch what he does when he goes further. Now he begins to pray. Now he begins to cry and the anguish. And he says, what we often forget, he says, Father, if there be another way. Do you know Jesus didn't want to have to die on the cross? Do you know Jesus didn't want to be crucified? He submitted. Watch what he says. Father, if there can be another way, let this cup pass. He didn't want to suffer. He knew he had to. But if there was another way, he would have taken it. Everybody can't help. Stop talking to people that can't help you. Some people just want to hear you. Everybody can't hold it. They want to share what you tell them so they think they got the goods on you. You hear me, Brother Eli? They think they got the goods on you. But then some people can't handle the fact that you have weaknesses and flaws. And I'm not saying being phony. You just got to know where to express that. You can't express everything to everybody. I notice uh, in here, you see this? You see this? There are vents here. You see that? You notice where the vents are? They're up and not down. When you're going through pain and suffering, you vent up, not down. You vent up, not down. You talk to somebody who's got the power to do what you need to have done. Because other people are on your level. They can't do anything about it. And they can care and be well-intentioned. Back to the story. Fourth conversation, and I'm done. First conversation he has is with the soldiers. The second is with his brothers. The third he had with Saul, right? Here's the last conversation. What we have to be aware of, if we're going to be victorious, if we're going to win the fight, 
slide five, we have to be aware of our anointing. Anointing is the power of God in you to do what God has called you to do. God has anointed you with power to do that which on, and that, and that ain't always preaching or teaching. God has anointed you to do whatever he's called you to do. We have to surrender. We have to yield, give the right away. Watch what he does. Verse 37, now he's getting ready at a conversation with Saul. Verse 34, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, he went after it, struck it, and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by his beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing has defiled the armies of God. David says, you know why I know I can be victorious? Because I often think about what God has already done. If you remember what he's done, that helps you handle what he's getting ready to do. Oh, God. He says, I remember the lion and the bear. Remember who David is. He's a little boy. A lion and a bear. The lion came, and to protect the sheep, he defeated the lion through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then the bear came, and he was just as foolish to chase the bear. Foolish from a human standpoint of thinking, but he was victorious. See, whenever you forget what God has done, you'll have fear about what he can do. Too many people, we forget have you forgotten? I know COVID is going on. Have you forgotten what God has already done? The fact that he's still keeping you alive. The fact that he knows everything about you. The fact that he's never given up on you. Have you forgotten what God has already done? All the ways he's made, all the doors he's opened, all the victories you've had. God had done it all by himself. And let me help you. It was no goodness of your own. Okay, side note. God does not love you based upon your performance. He ain't loving you because you do everything right. He loved you knowing you were going to do everything wrong. David says, wait a minute. I, I know I can win this battle because I go back down memory lane. I remember what he did before he can do it again. Don't lose your focus. He's the same God in COVID, in racism, and all of that. He's the same God. Somebody said, well, where's God now? And I was so proud to tell him, Pastor Eric, God is in the same place he's always been. Sits high and looks low. He knows everything that's going on. And you've got to affirm this in yourself. He knows me. He loves me. He cares about me. Did you hear what I said? He knows you. Watch this. Here's the scary part. He knows you. That means he knows everything you've ever done wrong. Think about that. He knows everything you've done wrong. He knows you. He knows how you have a way of messing stuff up. And in spite of all he knows, he still takes care of you. Stop thinking you got to get right. Stop thinking you got to know everything and do everything. No, no. Just as messed up as you are, as we are, he loves us that way. He loves you the way you are, but he won't leave you that way. He changes people. Watch this. And I had to tell a lot of sisters this because when their husbands uh, come to church and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, their wives get so excited because, watch this, Brother Chris, they think the Lord is changing them for them. And I had to throw this shock at them. I had to throw them this, this curveball. God never changes other people for other people. He changes people for him. So now, now that he's come to church and he loves the Lord and he wants to be on this pastor and he wants to do work at the church, you upset. But didn't you say you wanted the Lord to change him? Your concern was changing him for you. I'm changing a man for me. Because when God changes me, watch this, that changes things. That's why prayer is so important. See, we got this thing wrong. Prayer is not always designed to change the situation. It's designed to change you. 
you've got to be willing to participate. Watch this now. You got to remember, if you're going to be victorious, if you're going to win, and watch this. Uh, let me just throw this other acronym. What does it mean to win? Walk in newness. If you're going to walk in newness, you got to see yourself as victorious. That's where it starts. If you don't see yourself as victorious, don't look for other people to do it. David says, I encourage myself. You got to be selective. Be very careful who you listen to. Be aware of the fact that God has anointed you for some stuff. But then you got to go down in the power of prayer. You got to go down because when he's ready to face Dave, Goliath, he doesn't hold anything back. See, he doesn't stand there and wait for Goliath to come to him. He takes it to him. He's got five smooth stones, but he's just got one. Can you see him? He's ready. Because he's had the conversation before the fight. He knew who to shut up, who to silence, so he can move. Many of us, our problem is we're entertaining too much stuff. You cannot... Hear me good. You cannot maintain when you entertain foolishness. You cannot maintain what God has called you to do if you're entertaining the wrong stuff and the wrong people. God says, I want you for me and I'll I'll take care of the rest. David wins. You know why David wins? Because he saw himself winning. He knew that God had kept him, would keep him. And so what I want to say, as I close, because I'm past my time, what I want to say to you, brothers, no more playing games. No more coming to conferences and hearing people you like to hear speak and leaving and going back home the same way. Today begins to change. Today begins to change. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. You can't expect to change and not go through changes. That's foolishness. You want the Lord to change you and not go through changes? You can't do it. You can't do it. Because when change is necessary, Pastor Rogers, Pastor Eric, not to change is destructive. When to change is necessary and you don't do it, that's destructive. He wants to change you from the inside out. See, because we can do, we can cover up the outside, but it's that inside. There's some things that's really in you that needs to come out. Because even if he puts you in a better environment, more money, bigger house, family's well, and your inside hasn't changed, you'll mess that up. Can I prove it to you? Say prove it. Children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. How long? 40 years. How long was it supposed to take? Three, four days at the most, and they're wandering. You know why they're wandering? And then, then, I, then I'll do this prayer call. Watch this. And I want you to hear me. I wanna, want you to really hear what I'm about to say. Because God is about to, before he gets them into the promised land, he's got to get Egypt out of them. Watch this. Because in Egypt, all those 400 years, they've been learning the ways of the Egyptians, their gods, their people. Wait a minute, brothers. 400 years. Watch this. Every day they wake up, that's all they're exposed to. That generation dies. Another generation raises up. Same thing. Over and over and over. And so I'm talking to somebody tonight, and God says, I'm going to get you there, but I got to get some stuff out of you. Because where I'm taking you, and I'm speaking prophetically to every brother in here, where God wants to take you, there's some stuff that's got to come out of you. That's how you can be in a good place and mess it up. Because your mentality hasn't changed. Let him change you. Let him change you. It starts within. Now, I want to speak to every brother. Forget where you are. Because you got to remember, this ain't the church. We are the church. This is the building where the church meets. But I want you to be honest with yourself. You know where you need to change.
you know what you need to change. The challenge is changing it. The problem is you've been trying to do it. You can't do it in your strength. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You have greatness on the inside of you. And I declare it needs to come out. And don't wait for nobody else to do it. You do it. You do it. It starts with you. If you hear that you and you're ready to change, just meet me at the altar. Forget who you came with. Forget how long you've been in church. You know there's some things you need to change. Now listen. All of us need to change something, but I'm speaking directly to those who I understand. I understand, Pastor Clark, I need to change. I'm not waiting on my wife to change, my kids to change. Watch this. God bless you. Watch this. You were saying when you come up here that I want to reflect what I'm expecting. I want my family to be better. I want my marriage to be better. I want to be healed. I want to be whole. But I need you to start with me. I need you to start with me because I, I, I'm tired of just going through the motions. Nothing's changing. I feel good. I'm excited. I'll talk about the message. But as Pastor Roger said, you got Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. And before you know it, you're back into it. Change. That's what I, I, I want men to stand who says change. It's time for change. It's time for change. One more thing and we'll pray. When you think about the prodigal son, when you think about the story of the prodigal son, he finds himself in a hog's pen. He finds himself a Jewish boy feeding pigs. He finds himself in a place he never thought he'd be. He had all that money. He left home and was having a good time. His money ran out. Everybody was gone. He was by himself. I want you to see the change. Nothing changed in his life until he came to the end of himself. Now watch how he comes to the end of himself. He, he changes not because he gets money, not because his family around. He makes up his mind and says, this is it. It won't change, brothers. I promise you, I don't care how much preaching you hear, how much praying you do. It won't change until you're ready for it to change, until you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And when you're tired of going through the emotions game and you're tired of saying, I'm going to be good and I'm going to just pray it away. No, it's got to be changed from the inside. And it's got to be changed you want for you. Because everybody won't celebrate you when you change. Please know that. The man that was in the tombs, when he changed, everybody got afraid of him. The Bible says he was sitting clothed in his right mind. Now, pastor, they wasn't afraid of him when he was acting a fool, tearing up stings, hurting himself. But when he got himself together, the Bible says he was sitting, seated, clothed, and in his right mind, people were afraid. Some people don't want you to get better because you'll see them for who they really are change every head is bowed every eye is closed change father you know us you know us we don't come with pretense we don't come uh, hiding masking we come open and honest we've messed up we've said things we wouldn't do we've done them we went places we shouldn't go we've entertained thoughts we shouldn't have entertained we relied on other things and other people and put you aside We've come to conferences and we prayed and come to the altar before, but change begins today because we surrender. Like in the cowboy movies, we come out with our hands up. We surrender. No more hiding behind the job. No more hiding behind the money you make and the car you drive and where you live and the friends you've got. No more hiding, Father. Here we are. We surrender. Our hearts are open. Feed us. Fill us. Allow your spirit to have his way in us. Help us to come out of the cave. Help us to be honest. We've been hiding some things. 
We confess no longer covering those things we no need to be dealt with. And right where you are, you can say that to the Lord in private. Forgive me, Father. That's it. That's it. That's where it starts. Forgive me, Father. You were right. I was wrong. I confess. I agree. And Father, I'm going to be so honest that if you don't change it, it won't get changed. Because I don't have the strength. I'm tired of relying on me. You are my shepherd. Lead me. Lead me beside still waters. Lead me to green pastures. Lead me, Lord. Lead me. Lead me. Guide me. Direct me. Protect me. Let me be the kind of man you see I can be. Not what the wife needs or the kids need. The kind of man that brings you glory. The kind of man that's open and honest. The kind of man that does not hold back how he feels about you. This is how we fight. We're honest. We're open. Heal us. Heal us. Heal us. These minds that are full of clutter, chaos, confusion, heal us. Give us back clarity. Give us back our rightful place, Lord. We are leaders. We are leaders. Lead us in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Create in us a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within us. Oh, we surrender. We surrender. You know us, Lord. We lift our hands and just simply say, your will, your way. Your will, your way. Your will, your way. Your will, your way. I get out the way. Work in me. Work on me. Work through me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, brothers, give him a hand clap of praise. Come on, bless him. Bless him. Thank him for changing you. Thank him for shaping you. Thank him for transforming you. When you leave here, leave with a new mindset that I will be victorious because I see it, I believe it, and I can achieve it. God bless you, brothers. Thank you. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.